Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor gives you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides, and for the latest updates, information, and picks, you can follow me on Twitter at Professor Sides. Today is Friday, September 2nd, 2022, and this episode covers all of today's Major League Baseball games. In case you're new here, I've built a mathematical model for win probability and totals using hitter and pitcher projections I've created along with weather data in order to make one pick on every game that's played seven days a week though there are no Sunday shows. It doesn't mean that I recommend you do the same as my goal in this episode is to share key information about today's games, give you a few things to think on, and explain why certain plays are being recommended in order for you to come up with picks that you are comfortable with making. I never recommend blindly tailing or fading any pick, but rather to hear the justifications and thought processes to make sure you're fully on board with me or against me before investing your hard-earned money. And as I go through my plays, remember that there are no locks in gambling. So what I'll give you are loves, likes, and leans indicate my confidence level with respect to scaling wagers. And as always, please remember that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as I'd like to say it'll be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Yesterday, a little bit down, still up handsomely on the week. Um... I've talked about it before. I, I, sometimes the Monday Thursday slates uh, that sometimes are kind of fun. Um, the biggest downside, and I, I love there are so many baseball games. You know, if, if you're a high volume better, it, it plays up your wheelhouse. Even if you're not, you still get a lot of shots on goal, which is good. You have a lot of opportunities, and that's the problem. Sometimes the Monday Thursday is like one or two games. It's either going to be great or awful, um, and that variance just gets higher, uh, like we talked about. And yesterday, really, like one game could have swung us um, a little bit differently. Uh, but that's the, the the benefit of baseball is that you have so many days with so many games, and you know if you, if you pick three or four out, you know if you're if you're playing eight or nine or even more, right? Um, you know you got a lot of options at your disposal that, that we lacked yesterday. Is it still up handsomely for the week? So uh, happy about that, and hopefully we can. Uh, close out the week here strong before we get to today's games some reminders please hit that like button if you're on youtube also if you aren't yet please consider subscribing or following it's free and the only way assuming you turn notifications on to ensure you don't miss any college basketball and there'll be your college football content that this channel provides uh, just a quick reminder here week one of college ball just got going last night more games tonight and a ton tomorrow so check out all of the college football content we got we got three episodes lots of content there to, to help you out with your college football needs share with a friend if you know those in the game hit me up on twitter or drop a comment if you're on youtube i love those and try to respond to as many as i can also go check out horse racing today if you like to bet on horse races you can find their stuff at horseracingtoday.net they've got a team of five with over 125 years of combined experience and handicapping horse races there's an angle they don't know or bias they can't identify. Check out their YouTube shows or website. The links are in the description. We're going to start off today. No day games, but 635 Eastern. We've got Blue Jays at the Pirates. Um, this one might get ugly. I mean, the Blue Jays are massive favorites. They should be massively favored. I always talk about the Blue Jays being overpriced. Um, I think they're a little bit overpriced here as well, but it's not like you... You, you love the Pirates here. Uh, Alec Manoa, uh, um, uh, you know, pretty good start, starting pitcher here. Uh, 87 rating from the model, can 100 is average. He's almost a full standard deviation above, above league average. As I've said with him, I don't think he's quite as good as that 260 ERA under the metrics. He's about a full run higher, but he's still good. Um, and, and a good pitcher ought to be able to take care of this Pirates offense for sure. Uh, Johan Oviedo is getting the start for the Pirates. He started his first outing of the season, and since then has been in relief. He did go five innings in that start. Uh, but since then, I don't think he's gone more than two. Um, so the model string this as a bullpen game. If, if he's going to get stretched out, it doesn't seem like it's probably now in order to really account for that. E either way... It's, it's not going to help a ton. Um, it, you know, maybe, maybe get stretched out and can provide some value for uh, the Pirates. That's, that's very possible, of course. And, uh, it, you know, in that world, maybe next start, we'll, we'll treat it a little different. Right now, we're just treating this as a bullpen game, which, again, probably not going to go well for the Pirates. The relievers aren't very good. Um, Blue Jays relievers, decent. Uh, again, better than the Pirates. Obviously, their Blue Jays offense, overall, one of the best in baseball. Again, scary, insanely scary against lefties. Um, I assume the Pirates aren't going to try to throw that many lefties against them, so that'll keep the Blue Jays' offense more good than great, but still getting much better than the Pirates. Blue Jays' um, model says minus 217. So kind of the bottom line here is prices like minus 240 in the Blue Jays, a little bit too high uh, for my liking. I, I don't like throwing in a parlay. 
uh, as, as y'all have always heard me say on something like this, I think the risk that you're adding to that parlay is larger than the reward, larger than the payout that you would get um, because you're just not getting a, a big enough payout for this risk. And that's not just about the price. If the model had said minus 300, I would say, I know the payout's small, but the risk is smaller. It's all about the relative comparison there. Um, so it's it's the fact that the Blue Jays just don't win this game enough times to make two, minus 240 worth it, in my opinion. Maybe you play them run line if you like Blue Jays. Um, maybe look at alternate run line of like minus two and a half and just say, they're a whole lot better than Pittsburgh. And one of those, one of those things we've seen with these bigger favorites, right? A lot of times either the favorite just thumps them or the underdog wins. So, I mean, that's kind of probably the way you look if, if you go Blue Jays, in my opinion. Uh, I still don't like that look. I think it's overpriced. I'll take the Pirates with the Flyer at plus 216. It's just not enough value to get excited about, just a lean for me. If, if this is getting up into the plus 230s, plus 240s, plus 250s, I'm thinking it's, it's, it's a Flyer that I, I recommend taking at this price. It's kind of pirates or pass, and I probably lean more towards passing personally, unless these odds get higher. Um, pirates might pull it off. It's just I don't I don't think it's a great investment really, unless the odds get higher. Um, everything points to the Blue Jays, but baseball's weird, and the everything points to this team games don't happen as often as we like to think they would. So. Among the Pirates is just a lean, but again, not exciting odds in my opinion. Uh, total of this game's eight. Model says eight point four. I mean, you got to expect the Blue Jays to score some runs. Uh, problem is the team total markets are going to be shifted. So it, it's, I'm not sure there's a huge advantage on that. Um, part of the reason this total is a little bit higher than the books is probably because of the fact that uh, Manoa, I think, is being priced like he's a little bit better than he is. Again, a very good pitcher. Um, I just think he's being priced more like he's in that, you know, Dylan Cease um, territory that, you know, very good young pitcher, not... Um, where he's, or I think he's, I think he's a full notch below seas. Um, a little bit warmer too to start, mid to low 80s. Uh, it'll close in the mid 70s. Uh, wind should say under five miles an hour. So you can model thinks maybe over as well, uh, especially if it hangs around eight. Model thinks eight and a half is probably a better total for that one. Another game starting a little bit earlier here, 640 Eastern. Rockies at the Reds. Uh, yikes. I mean, this is. Not good baseball here. We got a couple other games like that later in this one too. Um, Kyle Freeland versus Luis Sessa. Freeland is just very mediocre. Uh, model says a little bit below average. 488 ERA. It's going to be a tiny bit inflated because of course field, but not by a full run or anything. Model says probably more like four and a half is where he should be at. Uh, Luis Sessa had been treated as a reliever, has been going a little bit longer. The model kind of finally says, okay, we'll treat you as a starter. Obviously, does the projection go very long? I think it projects about four innings from him. Um, 536 ERA. I don't know my metrics say it should be better than that, but not by much. I mean, I'd rather have Freeland than Sessa. Uh, I'd rather have the Reds relievers than the Rockies, I guess. I mean, you're not, it's not like I really like the Reds relievers. I just don't like the Rockies relievers either. I, you know, the Rockies got a couple decent guys in the back end. That's about it. Reds, kind of the same boat. Got a couple couple guys with, with a pulse at the back end, but it's just, it's not good pitching in this game. All, all the pitching is below average. Like I said, I think Freeland's the best of all of them. Uh, but it's it's not by a lot. I mean, it's 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 kind of rounding ear ish. Uh, Reds offense much better than the Rockies here in that both of these teams are relatively um, right-handed heavy. So the Rockies again get that boost if they were to face a lefty, um, but they're not. They're facing a righty. So that Rockies offense against the righty is just one I don't like, especially away from Coors Field. I don't like them as much. I'm much more excited about backing the Rockies at home than on the road. Reds offense, again, right-handed heavy. They were already right-handed heavy. Now with Votto going out there, even more right-handed heavy. Against the lefty, projects to be below average, but not as bad as the Rockies. So that's the big edge here that I have for the Reds in this game. It's the lefty-righty split. They just have so many right-handed hitters that the they're still not good, <laughs> but the model thinks that they have enough right-handed hitters that they have a better chance to succeed against a lefty than the Rockies do against a righty because the Rockies... Again, also so right-handed heavy. And so edge to the Reds offensively is larger than the edge that Kyle Freeland provides. Um, games in Cincinnati model says it should be Reds minus 119. I'll take the Reds minus 109 with a B-grade pick. I think the Reds are the side here. As long as it's in the minus 115 or better range, it's a B-grade pick. Uh, I like minus 109. I'm comfortable with it. I think it's a smart investment. If it gets closer to even money for some reason, then you're talking A-grade play. But minus 109, it's just not quite there. Minus 105. 
probably a grade for sure if it gets better than minus 105 except towards even money um just a little bit too high for an a grade right here but a solid b pick i think the reds are worth an investment one you probably don't want to watch but again like i always say you don't have to watch them to make the monies on them uh model says total of nine actual totals nine and a half i'm not sure i'd go under on this you have a pretty hitter friendly ballpark again rough pitching i mean rough hitting and hitting that doesn't really inspire a lot of confidence especially the rockies on the road tend to not score as many runs so I'm not sure I'd really love under nine and a half, um, but I, I don't think I would go over it. I, I know it's a hitter from the ballpark, but it's just not set up to be one of those games where the model saying 10, 10 and a half. It's like, who cares if it's nine and a half go over? It's probably, it, it's it's under or pass on the total. I probably would just pass and just stay away from it. Nine and a half's a scary number in this one. Um, uh, weather-wise, mid-80s to start, mid-70s to close, and wins staying under five miles an hour. So a solid hitting night and hitter park. It's just nine and a half's a big number for offenses that leave a lot to be desired. 7 to 5 Eastern first pitch, A's at the Orioles. Orioles ruining our, our A-grade pick last night. Continue to just play fantastic baseball. The model's adjusting for it. We've been on the Orioles a lot. Um, they just they just kind of fall up behind the Guardians while we liked them last night, You know, especially Becky Bieber. But uh, yeah, they just continue to play really well. I mean, it's so fun to watch. I, I feel like most of us are pulling for the Orioles unless you have a reason not to, unless you have a team – you know, that's in that wild card race against them. But otherwise, they're a lot of fun to watch. I'm on the Orioles tonight at minus 161 with an A grade play. Uh, we've liked back in the Orioles as much as we can. Uh, Should have last night, <laughs> right? It didn't. Uh, I think this price is too low. I, I don't think this ace team is very good. I think we're starting to see some clear divides uh, in, in talent here and where teams are located. And, and we, we've kind of seen the all season, of course, but it gets just more stark here towards the end of the season. And, and I just think there's a large gap between the A's and the Orioles. I, I like JP Sears. I think he's a solid pitcher, um, but the Orioles coming into the season, I would have said, you know, maybe a little bit better than the A's because the A's are projected to be one of the worst teams of baseball, but not by that much. But I mean, we're really starting to see clear evidence that the Orioles are just in a different class than them. But, you know, not just like one jump ahead, like two jumps ahead. Right. And, and, and I'm probably not breaking news. You're probably like, yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> We've seen this. Too. I'm not really sure why this is again, I'm just saying the, the models picking up and saying it should be priced that way. Solid pitcher. Um, but I, Dean Kerber rates better than Sears does. Sears a really good 228 ERA on the season, and we've backed him a couple of times. Like I said, I like the kid, but underlying metrics say his ERA should be in the low fours. So there's a little bit of smoke and mirrors there. Again, good, solid, decent, whatever you want to call it, but deflated by a couple of these starts being in Oakland now since he's been traded. Just some good luck. More average than anything else, whereas Dean Kermer, I think, a little bit above average, 324 ERA. Underline metrics say probably not quite that good, but still an above average pitcher. I give the Orioles a slight edge here with Kermer against Sears. Orioles, massive edge with regards to the relievers, as they've been fantastic all season. And the Orioles' offense, despite trading away Trey Mancini, I said at the time, still probably about average. They went from maybe average with Mancini to just a, a hair below average. That's where the model has them now. Much better than the A's offense, which isn't as bad as some of the other offenses in the league, but still uh, edge to the Orioles everywhere you turn in this game. The, the A's hope is to kind of, is to have a lead early on and let the bullpen hold on because if this game's close, if this game's tied after five or six, I mean, you have to say massive edge Orioles here with those relievers and a better offense at home. And I think the Orioles probably are more looking at like a one run lead after six. You know, if the Orioles are up three to two after six, this game sets up great for Baltimore. Minus 161 is too low, in my opinion. Model says minus 178. It's an A-grade pick, really, as long as it's 165 or better in my book. Obviously, even if it gets a little bit higher, you can still pl- you still play the Orioles. It's just I-, I-, I love it here at minus 165 or better. Minus 161 is locked in that A-grade play for me. Total of this game is 8. Model says 7.8. I would, I would look under in this one. I think both pitchers are probably better than the general public realizes um, especially if it hangs on at eight i'd go under uh weather-wise we're talking about 80 degrees ish to start mid 70s to close uh winds will be blowing mostly across uh but i mean uh, that park in baltimore doesn't play nearly as hitter friendly as they've moved that fence back uh and again two underrated pitchers great orioles relievers um, I, I think i think eight's a little bit too high i probably would hang this more at seven and a half i think the orioles win you know a four two type ball game uh, five two type ball game. I think they can get the job done. And again, like I said, probably 
think under makes a little bit more sense here, uh, but my favorite play again, just backing the Orioles at decent prices here. They get an A grade from me. Seven ten Eastern first pitch Nats at the Mets. Uh, Mid seventies to start around seventy degrees to close. Winds be blowing mostly across. Total on this one is eight, and the model says six point nine. Uh, the model doesn't really think the Nats are going to score in this game. The Nationals relievers also not terrible, just a little bit below average. And I think that's an important point to take note of here that when you have these bad baseball teams, you know, the A's, the Nats, but you know, both the Rockies, the Reds, the Pirates that we already talked about. And there's, there's a handful of, you know, more bad baseball teams, of course, it's hard to differentiate which ones have, they're all bad and they're all bad in every facet of the game, but it's where are they, you know, really, really bad, really below average, really going to hurt you. And where are they just kind of meh bad? The Nats relievers just being meh bad um, means the Mets should score, but the Mets aren't going to probably score eight by themselves. Um, Josiah Gray, again, probably below average pitcher, uh, 467 ERA underline metrics say that's probably a tiny bit too low. But I mean, the, the Nats off the Nats pitching is competent enough to hold the Mets to, you know, five ish runs, which is still a great day to score five runs. Uh, but I'm not just not sure how many the, the Nats can score. That offense is pretty bad. David Peterson's an above average pitcher, 3.21 ERA. Underline metrics say that's fairly accurate, maybe a tiny bit higher. But I mean, this has Mets written all over it. Mets should win here. You know, like I said, it's like a you know five to two is kind of what the model's thinking. Again, model thinks total of seven makes sense. So the model really likes under here. So that's kind of the model recommended play in this game. I think it's priced relatively well. Uh, model says 252 is, should be the price. So Mets minus 260. Eh, eh. Sure, I guess. I don't know. Nats plus 233. I mean, sure. I don't know. It's priced pretty well. Um it's it's not really either side or pass to me. It's just straight pass. I'm making a pick on this one. I'm making a pick on every game. But I, I, you know, if I'm forced, I'm taking the dog simply because Josiah Gray has enough potential to hold the Mets down and make this game interesting late. And if it's tight late, I always I always talk about this. If it's tight late, doesn't matter which side I'm on. If it's tight late, it goes to actually sex for the thing. I don't want to have laid like minus 260 because when you're talking about trying to win one or two innings, it doesn't matter how good you are. That's way too high of odds, right? So I'll take the dog here, but it's only a lean. It's priced really well. Um, if you're on the Mets, it's probably the same thing I mentioned earlier with the Blue Jays. I probably would be on run line and just hope that they can can handily beat the Nats. But I mean, I think it's priced really well. Really not much else to say. Other than like I said, I think under makes more sense than anything else. Again, especially with the temperatures, not really warm in a really pitcher-friendly ballpark. I think it's just too many runs for this one. 17 Eastern first pitch. Opposite story here with regards to total with Rangers and Red Sox, partially because we have one Dallas Keiko involved. This one, um, the total is 10. <laughs> so, I mean, quite a high total. The model, though, only says 9. I would not touch the under in this game, though. Um <laughs> I know it's a full run lower, but uh, it might go under. Absolutely. I'm not saying that that's a bad call. I'm just saying I wouldn't do it because with Dallas Keiko involved game in Fenway, um, he could easily give up seven runs in three. Minutes and then, you know, 10's not dead, but it ain't looking good. So uh, model says under, I wouldn't play under. I would just pass on this total. 10's way too high to go over. Um, but under is scary. The reason the model says nine, though, and this is why I'm not running to play this over, it'll be a chilly night in Boston. The temperatures are start going to be in the upper 60s, and it's going to close in the upper 50s. The ball's not really going to fly there. However, the ball carrying effect is probably more about, so not probably, it is more about doubles and even more about home runs. It's not a night that's conducive for home runs, but also with Dallas Keuchel picking, pitching, I mean, he can give up anything, right? And if he gets hit hard, maybe he just gives up a bunch of line drives and the Red Sox can easily put up a five spot without hitting a home run just by tons and tons of singles, you know, throwing a walk there, whatever. I mean, so it, it, it's really a tale of two stories. Like I said, the model is just saying like, hey, it's too cold to go over 10. And I, I would agree. I would not go over. But with Keiko involved, you could see him give up a ton of runs without home runs. And, and today's baseball is so dependent on scoring runs with the home run. But when you get a bad pitcher who just gives up line drive after line drive after line drive, you don't necessarily need the home run. So it's a total, I think, 
is just a stay away completely for me. Instead, I love the Red Sox here at minus 177. A grade play for me. It's a steep price. Model says 190. So as long as you're 180 or better, it's an A grade pick. I want to fade Dallas Keuchel as much as we can before it goes away. I don't think he's probably going to give up those seven runs, but I mean, it's on the table. I'd be surprised if he throws more innings than gives up runs. I mean, if he went five innings, give up four runs, I would be a little bit surprised that his start went that good. And that's still a bad start. I mean, it feels more like a three innings and five runs type start. Red Sox should be up early. They should be able to hang on. And you saw last night what I'm always talking about with the Rangers. Their relievers are just not good. They should have been able to hang on to that game. And somehow the Red Sox came back and went it for us. And that's part of the handicap is the Red Sox bullpen is average. Not great, but average. And the Rangers relievers are garbage. And they showed it last night. So, I mean, there's just not good pitching here from start to finish for the Rangers. I love the Red Sox here. Pavetta is average. The, the Red Sox relievers are average. Rangers bats average. I mean, that side of the ball is kind of average, but an above average Red Sox offense against these Ranger pitchers ought to have a field day. I'm all over the Red Sox here at this price. Minus 177, A grade play game model says minus 190. So as long as it's better than minus 180, I'm okay with an A grade. And the 180s, it's still a B grade. I'm still on the Red Sox. I just paying a little bit more of a premium when I back off just a tiny bit because we're having to pay for it. 710 Eastern first pitch Mariners at the Guardians. I guess we're doing this again. Uh, it was easier to ignore this series when it was in Seattle because two of the four games were real late night. It was like, eh, just don't worry about them, you know? <laughs> now it's like early in the day, and it's like we'll be confronted with the fact that our two favorite teams have to play each other. Um, I'm on the Guardians here on the run line at minus 145. It's a B-grade pick. Uh, I like Luis Castillo. I've talked about that. I think he's a really good pitcher. I think he's in that, again, I think third tier, right? DeGrom tier one, and then tier two is... McClanahan, Otani, uh, all those guys, right? And then I think Castillo's right behind that in that third tier, a very good pitcher. It's just, I stand by, I think he's being priced like he's in that second tier, and I just don't think he is. I think he's really, really good. I just don't think he's quite to that level. 285 year on the season, underline metrics say low threes. Again, very, very good. I just, I'm just not quite sold that he's at the, again, McClanahan, Otani, whatever, Verlander level yet. So I think, just think he's overpriced a little bit. Plesak's very average, talked about him a lot, just run of the mill. Competent pitcher, going to give you some innings, might give up a couple runs, can be okay. Probably a, a, like a typical pitcher, probably pitches a little bit better at home than on the road. <clears throat> you know, ballpark factors aside. 439 a year in the season, underline metrics. So that's, that's spot on. It's just an average pitcher. The Guardians here, offensively, probably a tick behind the Mariners. This Mariners team is really good. Um, relievers, maybe a tick better. It's kind of a wash. I mean, the Mariners' main edge here is Castillo. If this game's tight later on in the game, which is what I expect, um, you know, you got to give the edge to Guardians. Model says plus 127 on the money line might be worth a look on the Guardians as the price should only be minus or, uh, minus or plus 124. Um, so minus 137 on the Mariners. As much as I love the Mariners, just too steep of a price here. Um, two pretty solid teams here that have been underpriced going against each other. I just can't back the Mariners in this spot on the road at that price. Uh, I'm taking the Guardians on the run line here because I think it's going to be another low-scoring game. I believe I said last time out when these two teams played, I think I said I like the under in every single game, and I think the under hit in every single game. I like the under again tonight. These relievers, uh, the, when these two teams play, uh, their relievers are just among the best in baseball. Castillo's really good, and, and Plesak, I think, probably turns out to be a little bit better than he actually is because he knows he has these relievers behind him, which helps. It's a, it's a great comfort to say I can kind of do my thing. And whenever I'm done, I got people behind me. I trust. I don't have, I don't have, everything's not on me. And that probably makes him a little bit better too. Um, like I said, I like this Mariners offense. I think they're probably a little bit underrated because people are concerned about their raw numbers, but they're playing in a pretty pitcher friendly park. But that said, I just love all the pitching in this game too much. I think it's a low scoring game model says 7.1 on the runs. The actual total seven and a half. I think under makes sense again with a low scoring game. Give me the plus one and a half on Cleveland to say it's a tight game, but then I don't have to care who wins. Uh, again, our two favorite teams here. I, I really expect another one like they played before. It might be three, one, right? We saw a couple of those games, I think finish at three, one, um, or at least one of them in that, in that previous year. Something like 3-1, and then at that point, if it's Mariners 3-1, you know, we lose. That's the risk we take. But I think 3-2, 2-1 are really reasonable scores. I see it being tight late. Give me the plus one and a half in the Guardians. A B-grade play at minus 145. 
I'm okay paying a little bit of a premium here. I understand that we're going to have to. It's kind of like what we saw with the Mets-Dodgers series where it's like two really good teams, low-scoring games. I'm okay paying a premium here. It's just the odds aren't good enough to get an A-grade play. If this was something you know in the minus 130s, I think that's a little bit better value. And that's probably more like an A grade, but minus 145, it's worth a look. It's worth a play. Uh, it's just not one of the heaviest investments I want to make tonight. Weatherwise, we're talking low 80s to start, mid 70s to close, no whirlwind effect. But again, it's all about the pitching in this game. That's why I said I like the under seven and a half as well. I think these are under games just like last series. 17 Eastern first pitch Royals with the Tigers. Uh, how fast can I get through this game? Uh, about 80 degrees to start, mid-70s to close. Winds will be blowing in, but only five miles an hour. Daniel Lynch versus Drew Hutchison. Um, the model thinks Lynch is a little bit better than Hutchison, despite the fact that Hutchison has a better ERA. Um, neither one of these guys is very good, though. The relievers definitely favors the Tigers. The bats favor the Royals. But, I mean, these are two really bad baseball teams. The model likes under more than anything else. The model says total of 7.7. .7, so the model likes going under eight and a half. That's the that's the thing I would play um, if I was going to invest in this game. It would be the under eight and a half. I, I never really trust the Tigers to be involved in a high scoring game. The worst starting pitcher or the worst pitcher probably that gets, you know it's going to pitch in this game is probably Hutchison. But kind of as I mentioned. You know, with Plesak, he's got solid relievers behind him, which helps. Um, the Royals' offense is a lot better than the Tigers, but it's still below average, especially after all the trades that they have made. The Royals' relievers are very good, but also, like, are the Tigers going to take advantage of that? So, again, I think eight and a half is too many here. The model says this is a straight-up coin toss game, that Lynch being the better starting pitcher and the Royals have a, a better offense. And if this was on a neutral field, the Royals should be favored. But in Detroit, that balances back out. It says literally flip a coin. That's how it's priced. I think it's priced really well. I'll take the home team just because. But, I mean, I have no feel for, for this game on the side. Uh, I'll take a flyer on the Tigers at minus 105 with a C-grade pick. But, it's again, if I was going to play this one, I think under probably makes more sense. Um, otherwise, again, just bad baseball and probably not one that you want to be watching. Same start time here, 17 Eastern. First pitch, kind of a similar story, but with better teams here in this one. Another game I think is really well-priced. Model on this one says Rays minus 113, so it offers no value on either side. I'll take the Rays minus 120. I'll take the home team with the flyer, but again, it, it's a really well-priced game. Yankees still mostly floundering. Um, Rays hanging in there, kind of doing their thing. Um Starting pitcher-wise, it's probably splitting hairs. Domingo Herman and Jeffrey Springs. Both these guys are decent, but neither one's great. Uh, Herman does have a 319 ERA on the season, but the model says it's smoke and mirrors. The underlying metrics behind that indicate that his ERA should be more in the low four. So I'm not running to the window saying Herman's fantastic. He's solid. Um, same with Springs, 276 ERA. I don't think he's that good. Um, I think he's a little better than Herman, but not by a ton. It's two solid starting pitchers. Um, neither one amazing, but you know, both of them very serviceable with them solid, uh, relievers, Yankees, you know, yeah, got one, got, I think one guy back, I th I, still a little bit banged up, not quite at peak, but they're at least okay. Rays relievers, you know, at this point right out to be pretty solid, both solid offenses. Yankees, of course, up and down <laughs> more down of, than anything else, but games in Tampa, I mean, model basically just says games in Tampa and that you know, should give them a little bit of advantage from a travel standpoint. Obviously it's a little bit diminished fan wise because it'll probably be more Yankees fans and Rays fans at this one. But I think a well-priced game, one that I don't think offers a ton of value. Uh, another game the model thinks under 6.9 is what the model says. Actual total is seven and a half. I tend to agree. This feels more like a seven than a seven and a half, especially with the fact that the Yankees offense hasn't been as sharp as of late. The Rays tend to play more lower scoring games in that park. It's so big. Um, and again, two pitchers that rate above average. So I think under probably makes the most sense as this, uh, if, if you're investing in this game. 720 Eastern first pitch Marlins at the Braves, upper 70s to start, mid 70s to close. Winds will be blowing in at about five miles an hour. Another game, I love this under here. The total is seven. The models is 6.3. You've got not a hot night in Atlanta. You got a slight breeze blowing in, and you got two pitchers that are absolutely dealing. Our boy Cy Young Sandy there, 213 ERA on the season. Again, underlying metrics say it's probably not that good, but again, the one guy who can literally consistently, seemingly pitch a complete game, I think he's got like more complete games than 
like any other team does and like in the national league or something i saw the stat the other day i mean he's got five on the year now i mean consistently going seven innings a lot of times eight and it's not unreasonable for him to go nine and that really helps a lot uh, charlie morton been dealing mostly as of late uh starting to get a lot of swings and misses which is very encouraging it took him a little bit longer this year to get going than last year but he's looked pretty dang good for 10 year in the season underlying metrics say upper threes but again i like the way he's been looking as of late i think this has underwritten all over it seven seems like way too many braves offense is solid but i mean the mariners I and mean, the marlins offense isn't and we saw sandy give up one run in a complete game to the dodgers last time out i mean i could see the exact same thing happening today giving up one run in a complete game to the braves that's not what i expect i don't expect expect him to go nine but i mean him having you know going eight and giving up two or something like that is very much on the table braves relievers fantastic marlins relievers a little bit below average but again i'm not sure it matters with alcance going again i think a low scoring game here under seven i think is a really wise investment i also love the marlins on the run line here at plus one and a half here minus 150 odds it is a price but i just really think it lays out like these uh like the Mets Dodgers teams saw recently, just a lot of one run type games. Um, if you took the dog on the run line in all three of those, you won all three. I think it's the same sort of thing here. Marlins might accidentally win. That's always on the table. With Sandy pitching, if nothing else, I think losing by one is very possible as well. We obviously would like to avoid extras here, but the benefit to avoiding her, if it goes to extras with the run line, is that the Braves are the home team rather than the road team. We saw the. Um, Marlins lose a run line in extras against the Dodgers last weekend when the Marlins were the home team. It allowed the Dodgers to score five runs at the top of the 10th. Uh, but here the Braves, if they're scoring five in the bottom, it's only because the Marlins got at least one in the top and then they hit like a walk-off <laughs> you know, type home run or it's because the Marlins scored four in the top, whatever, right? It, it, it's less likely if you get to extras to get completely killed by that one. Uh, I think low scoring game, I think Marlins run line makes a ton of sense. The model says Marlins money line makes sense. It's one of the few times it's said to take the money line in, with uh, all concert involved. A uh, model says the price should be 148. So plus 158 on the Marlins offers some value, probably worth the flyer, but I'm going to stick to run line. I think it's a tight, tight game and then I don't have to care who wins. Uh, again, biggest thing here is that Braves, like in the minus 170, is just too steep of a price. Braves are a really good team. Um, they're just they're being priced like it, and that just makes it hard to invest in them, especially as good as Morton's been. Uh, it just makes it hard to invest because they're facing the best pitcher in the National League. If you like the way you, that Charlie Morton has looked, which I do, like I said, I think under makes a lot of sense. Under seven, if it drops to six and a half. The model would still lean under six and a half. I probably would take under six and a half. I just like it a whole lot less than under seven, having that push protection, given that seven is probably the most likely outcome of this game, even though I think it'll be low scoring, um, given that if you know you get that free run, if it gets a three-three, right? There's if there's six runs, you have to get to the seventh, right? So seven's just those odd numbers are just a little bit more likely. Uh so seven just being very possible. I love the under seven there. Like I said, push protection is really valuable. But like I said, I love the under and I love the Marlins on the run line, even at a higher price. I think both of those make a lot of sense. So the 8 o'clock window, only two games in this time slot here on a Friday evening. 8-10 Eastern, first pitch twins at the White Sox, mid-80s to start, upper 70s to close. Nice night all around baseball, it seems like, temperature-wise, other than in Boston where you, you know, you'll want a hoodie on that one. Uh, slight breeze blowing in, 5 to 10 miles an hour. might be more across than in, though, so it's hard to tell exactly how much that'll help the pitchers to get across between in or across there. Um, Sonny Gray versus Davis Martin. Uh, Sonny Gray's a pretty solid pitcher, 304 ERA. And the metrics say more like mid-threes. Uh, above average, for sure. I like backing Gray. Davis Martin... Um, in and out of the rotation, in and out of the roster this year for the White Sox, only thrown 39 innings, 462 ERA, NLA metrics say that's pretty accurate for him. I mean, I give the Twins a pretty big edge here starting pitcher-wise. I give the Twins an edge with regards to the relievers. As good as Hendricks is, he's not the only guy in that bullpen that's likely to pitch tonight. Um, White Sox relievers decent, but I think the Twins relievers are a little bit better. I like the Twins offense more than the White Sox offense, especially against the righty, against the lefty, probably a different story. This White Sox offense at this point is just mediocre. White Sox really projecting as a very average team at this point. Some you know, when you take all their pitching, the ups and downs of it, it's kind of hard to make much of it. Relievers average, hitters are average. I mean, just kind of a, a run-of-the-mill average team. 
Um, Twinsville, I still think are a little bit better than average. They do kind of zig and zag a little bit and throw you off for sure. But I mean, you have one of their better pitchers here in Sonny Gray. I, I, I know it's on the road, but I, I think the Twins are the spot here. Even at this price of minus 133, it's a B grade for me. Model says it should be 147. It's a B plus. It's a solid pick here. I just can't quite give it an A grade. My threshold for an A grade on this one is a little bit higher than most games simply because of the uncertainty and the weirdness involving most of the AL Central teams. So if this is, this to me, my threshold for this one is minus 130. That's where it jumps to an A grade play. I just, I really want a huge edge before I give this one an A grade play because these two teams are just confusing, annoying, Right, pick your <laughs> a couple of different words you can use there for them with how they've just been all over the map this year. I think the Twins are the better team in general. Um, if you just look at the offense and the relievers, they have a better starter. I know it's on the road, but I, I still like the Twins. I think they're worth a look. I just don't want to be over invested in a game involving teams that just randomly kind of go completely their direction and there's no real rhyme or reason to it, um, just on a nightly basis. So I like the Twins, just not an A grade because I need a huge edge. Um, before that happens and it's just not quite there yet so at minus 133 it's a b great play for me on the twins totals eight and a half model says eight i probably would look under in this one as well it's not my favorite under but i think under makes more sense than over um just because the fact that you know again both teams have above average relievers uh white Sox offense is just i don't see the white Sox going very many runs tonight off of gray and the twins relievers and the twins offense should get some runs early but I'm just not sure they can get us to nine mostly by themselves because I just don't see the White Sox scoring that many. So I think under makes a little bit of sense or maybe White Sox team total under will be kind of some ways to look at that one. The other game in this time slot, 8-15 Eastern, first pitch comes at the Cardinals. Around 80 degrees to start, mid-70s to close. Wind staying under five miles an hour. Adrian Sampson versus Jordan Montgomery. I like Montgomery a lot. Talked about him. Uh, very good pitcher. 328 ERA on the season. Underline metrics have him. About that, maybe a tiny bit worse. Uh, Samson, though, having a good season as well. 397 ERA. Talked about him a couple times recently that, you know, putting the demons of past seasons behind him. Underlying metrics say that 397 ERA is real. It's not smoke and mirrors. The model projects him worse than that going forward because of previous seasons. We can't ignore that data. I'm always talking about that. that the previous season's data still matters. Um, at least until you get maybe 200 or so. And, you know, if, if you get to a, a starter who's pitching a lot, you can maybe throw out previous seasons as you get to the, towards the end of the season, but he's only got 65 innings in the season. So we have to look at last year's data when we project him forward. And, and it's not pretty when you look at previous seasons, but I mean, what he's done this year has been great. So, I mean, I'm, I'm optimistic on him. I'm, I'm optimistic. That he's more close to league average than the model indicates. Um, but either way, even if he is real at this, you know, four ish ERA, Jordan Montgomery is still a better pitcher. Um, Cardinals often still better. Cardinals reliever still better. Games in St. Louis. I mean, Cardinals should be favored in this game. Absolutely. They have an edge everywhere. It's just the price is too high for me. Model says 216. So Cardinals minus 235 is just too much. Um, kind of like talk about some of the other ones. If you're going to play Cardinals, I'd probably look run line. But I mean, run line on the home team, it's just less exciting. I, I just rather take the flyer on the Cubs at these big plus odds. It, it, it's not good enough odds to really get excited about them. Again, model says 216. So plus 212. Doesn't really offer us a lot of value. Um, like I said, I'll take a chance on the dog because weird things happen in baseball and Adrian Sampson, the way he's pitched, might keep the Cubs in this game. And if he does, just like I talked about with one of the previous games, if he does, I'd rather have the plus odds and just hope something weird happens late, but not big enough plus odds to get that excited about. If it's up to plus 230, plus 240, now I think the Cubs are really worth a look. But as it is, I think this game's priced really well. I think the total's priced really well too. Model says 7.8, actual total's 8. A game I would also look under in as well, even though the model's edge is smaller, just because it's a pitcher-friendly ballpark when it's not really hot there in St. Louis. Montgomery's a good pitcher, and like I said, I think Samson's probably better than the model realizes. But with the Cubs relievers and the Cardinals offense, you can't be that confident in the under or the Cubs because Cubs relievers, Cardinals offense, it's a scary combination. Um, but I mean, I, I still think eight's probably a little bit too many. And the Cubs got a chance here, 
based off the price makes it worth it, but it's not really a great investment, in my opinion. Like I said, I'm really hoping for plus 230 or something like that on the Cubs before I start getting saying, hey, now they're now they're worth a look because it's not likely that they hit, but if they do now, the payout is worth it. Um, so a couple of different ways to look there, but again, nothing I love. Another option there would be a team total under. Kind of could go either way on that. The benefit to going Cardinals team total under, despite the fact, like I said, their offense is good and, and they get to face the Cubs relievers, the benefit is that the numbers should be really high. So you get extra cushion for that. So a Cardinals team total under, I think kind of makes some sense there because of that cushion you get being that it's going to be priced high. Cubs team total under makes a lot of sense because their offense is just average. Cardinals, you know, with Montgomery and, and a decent set of relievers, again, pitchers park. Cubs shouldn't score. The, the downside there is that we, we don't think they score as much, but the price, the number, the total's not lower too. So, team total under, game under. I think you know you got a couple different ways to look there. Um, I don't think any. I think none of those are bad plays. It's just none of them really jump out to me as like, oh, that's the one I want. It's just kind of a like, eh, depending on if how you feel about certain things. I think you could talk yourself into into some of those, and it's not it's not a bad investment. Nine oh seven first pitch, Astros at the. Angels, low 80s to start up or 70s to close. A slight breeze blowing out, dying down as the night goes along, kind of what we normally see in Anaheim. Two solid pitchers here with Lance McCullers Jr. versus Reed Detmers. McCullers in his 16 innings, a 169 area, but it's talked about him before. The underlying metrics are a little bit scary. He's kind of worked his way out of trouble a lot, and that's kind of a skill, and it's a skill that I think McCullers kind of has. He does seem to have that ability to really bear down. He's more of a ground ball pitcher. He gets those double play balls, but it's also a thing that can and will at times bite you if he's constantly giving up base runners. So he's more likely than most pitchers to kind of get out of that trouble given his makeup, but he's not always going to be able to do it. He has so far, but that is just something to be a little bit concerned about. That's why the model can't really put him in that, you know, next tier up. He's above average, but He's just not quite back to that ace level that he has shown flashes of in the past. Um, he just hasn't been able to consistently do that. So, I mean, I like McCullers. I think he's above average, just uh, not, not ace material. Uh, Reed Detmers, also a very solid pitcher. Model says he's pretty average. 347 ERA. Now, the underlying metrics say should be in the low four. So, I don't think he's nearly as good as that ERA, but a solid pitcher here for the Angels. The issue is that the Astros' offense is much better. Their relievers are much better. I like the Astros to get it done on the road here. The added benefit is that the Astros, again, as I've talked about before, pretty right-handed heavy, get a boost against left-handed pitching. I think the Astros are the side here at minus 136. It's a B-grade play. Model says minus 143, so as long as it's better than – it's 140 or better to me, it's a B-grade play on the Astros. In the 140s, it would drop to a C-grade play. But I think the price is right for the, the Astros to get the job done on the road here. Like I said, huge edge with the relievers, huge edge offensively, especially against the lefty. Tiny edge with regards to the starting pitcher, but really it's all the other edges that I think make the Astros worth the play here. Model on this one says 9.2 for the runs. Models really like the Angels over as of late. It's been kind of hit or miss there. The actual total in this game is 8. I'm a little bit leery of going over on this one. I probably wouldn't go under 8. I think that's too low of a number to go under on, but over eight, you're really counting on the Astros to score a lot of runs. If they can get to Detmers, the model again likes the Astros against the lefty. So the model thinks the Astros can get to Detmers, then get to the relievers, the Angels relievers on the whole, very bad. So, I mean, that's really what the model's counting on. Um, I'm just not convinced the Angels can score enough runs to get us here. So maybe if you look over, you go Astros team total over. Um, maybe the Angels score, maybe they don't. It's just too much variability there. So probably more the game total, I take Astros team total over in this one. Um, as I think, I think it's just more likely than not that they either get to Detmers and or the relievers and can put up a crooked number or two and can get to that team total over. 940 Eastern first pitch Brewers at the Diamondbacks. Got the Diamondbacks last night on the run line. Should have taken them on the money line uh, as they get the outright victory. Uh, and a game that was set up really well for him with regards to the pitching matchup. Woodruff, of course, a good pitcher, but the Steinbeck's offense we talked about just, you know, for the most part, pretty pretty competent here as of late. I'm on the Brewers though today, and here's why. The Diamondbacks offense had started to look pretty good as of late, calling up some new guys. Uh, the issue is they're extremely left-handed heavy. The Steinbeck's offense, 
has always gotten a ding facing lefties this year, but it's getting more extreme as the weeks go along and they keep calling up new players. Their offense against righties projects to be about league average and got that offense when you're when when you're backed with Merrill Kelly or Zach Allen, I mean, that's a decent team, you know, despite the fact the relievers are, are bad. It's it's decent. It's a decent setup for them. But against a lefty, I don't like their offense at all. Lauer is just average, but an average lefty against all of these lefties in the Diamondbacks, they're either going to be lefty on lefty or it's going to flip a couple of these guys to switch hitter on their weaker side and or they're going to rest a couple of them and play weaker righties. I, I mean, edge the, edge the Brewers here with regards to the fact that they're throwing a lefty. I think that matters a lot. Again, Lauer, nothing but average. ERA, 358, but advanced metrics say it should be a run higher. I, I'm not a huge believer in Lauer. I think he's just, I think he's decent. I think he's respectable. I think he's competent. Whatever adjective you want to use there. But again, facing as a lefty facing the Steinbach's offense, I think is a huge edge. Zach Davies, slightly below average according to the model. A 382 ERA underlying metrics say it should be in the mid fours. Has looked pretty decent for the most part as of late. It said one rough start, but he's more of a guy that's just kind of going to be competent, go five or six innings and give up two or three runs. And that's kind of what the model says, just a little bit below average. Brewers probably get a couple runs off of him. I'm just not sure if the Diamondbacks can score here as much as they've been scoring on the lefty. And so I think it's edge to the Brewers here. I like him at minus 110. It's my threshold for an A-grade play. As the model says, Brewers minus 120. If it's in the minus one teens, if it's higher than this, it's a B grade play up until minus 120, and then above minus 120 drops to a C grade. So I like the Brewers here at these prices at minus 110 or better. That's where it gets the A grade. As I think they have much better than a coin toss chance of winning this game, and the odds are pretty close to that coin toss. So I think it's worth the investment here on the Brewers model. It says 8.5 for the total. Actual total is exactly 8.5. 10-10 Eastern first pitch Padres at the Dodgers. Low 80s to start, upper 70s to close. A slight breeze blowing out about five miles an hour. Model says 7.9 for the total. Actual total seven and a half. I probably wouldn't go full game over on this one if I was going to play the over. I probably would go team total which, with whichever side you like more in this one. Um, I'm not sure both teams are going to score enough runs to get us over seven and a half. The model thinks eight's a better total. But with both these pitchers, both these guys have the possibility of dominating and keeping it low scoring. And so given that that's on the table, um, it just seems hard for me to think that both teams are going to score, you know, three, four runs. I think one could, um, but I think it's very possible that one team only scores like two runs. So model thinks over. If I was going over, though, like I said, I'd pick a team total over whichever way you were looking. Two good pitchers here in you, Darvish and Dustin May. Darvish, 341 ERA on the season. Underline metrics say that is spot on. Dustin May, 164 in his two outings. Um, projects to be really good, though. He was fantastic last year, and so far he's looked solid again. Maybe going to struggle, struggle giving you depth. He always has been that way. Of course, you have pitch count issues with him coming back from the injury. The Dodgers aren't going to want to overextend him. Dodgers have no real reason to go out and go you know, balls to the wall and try to win this game. With where they are, so they're not going to, you know, throw May more than they want to. If they, however many pitches they want him to throw, that's as many as he's going to throw. Um, but I mean, when he's out there, he's electric. Obviously, Dodgers offense better than the Padres. Dodgers relievers better than the Padres. Games in LA. I mean, the Dodgers should be favored in this game. I think they're a little bit overpriced. Not like before. For the last almost a month now, we've been saying how much the Dodgers are overpriced. This one, I don't think playing the Dodgers is the craziest idea. I think they're overpriced, but only by a only by about a dime, only by a little bit. Model says 149. So 161 on the Dodgers. It's just a little bit too much for my liking. But I don't like the Padres at plus 148. I don't really think that's the greatest investment either. I really want more like plus 160 before I'm excited about the Padres. Darvish can keep them in this game. Uh, but Dustin May is such a good pitcher, and this Dodgers team is so good. I, on the road, I, I just need better odds to really like the Padres. I'll take them on the run line at minus 145. A C-grade play because the odds are just too high. But like I said, I don't see both teams scoring. And I can see a situation where neither team really scores that much. I could see a 3-2 type ball game, which is why I said I don't really think I'd go full game over. I could see a 4-3 type ball game. Um, I'll take the Padres on the run line. Maybe they win. Uh, maybe they lose by one. Again, game in LA makes it less likely that the Dodgers win by, one, uh, by more than one being the home team. It's just the odds are just too high for me to really like this. Like I said, I, I'll, I'll take the Padres on the run with a C-grade pick, but it's, it's not one that I really like. Um, there's just not a lot that's well-priced here that's really exciting to jump on uh, for me in this game. 
And it closes out 10-15 Eastern, first pitch Phillies at the Giants. Low 60s for the entirety of this one. Wind blowing out pretty strong to start with and dying down, but again, a park that's built to minimize those wind effects. Kyle Gibson versus Alex Cobb. Uh, Cobb, again, a guy I really like. I've been talking about him all season, that that ERA is misleading, that he's much better than that. It's down now under four at 381. Underline metrics say it should be in the upper twos. The model really likes Cobb. His underline metrics are fantastic. And he's finally starting to bring it down after some couple of rough outings or some he had some really bad luck. Gibson, on the other hand, pretty average. 480 ERA, I don't know that spot on. That's exactly how he projects. A little bit above average. Could give you some length, but nothing really special. Philly's relievers, though, better than the Giants. And that's the, the, the interesting facet of this game. Is I like Cobb better, but I'm not convinced he can go deep enough to avoid the fate of the Giants relievers having to pitch too much in this game. The Giants relievers, on average, maybe looking a little bit better if you squint hard enough in the last month than maybe the previous times. But, I mean... You kind of got to squint to really to really feel confident about that. Um, either way, I still think they're below average, and the Phillies relievers are pretty solid. So, I mean, I like Cobb more than Gibson, but I like the Phillies relievers more than the Giants relievers. Offensively, I like the Phillies offense better than the Giants offense, but the game's in San Francisco. It all kind of balances out. Model says Giants minus 111. I'll take the Giants minus 115. I just don't think it's priced very well. I'll take it with a C-grade pick. If I get this with a minus 10-something, I'm more excited about it. That's a B grade pick, but minus 115. You know, I just aren't good enough for me to really like the Giants here, knowing that their relievers might have to be prominently involved in this one. As good as Cobb is, he's not been a guy who's really consistently gone more than six. And a lot of times he only goes five. So like I said, I wish I could get minus 10 something, minus even minus 109. I'm a little more excited about it. Again, models is 111. So I'll be on the Giants at minus 115, just not my favorite play. Model says 7.7 for the total. Actual total is 8. To me, it's a stay away. Giants relievers could easily give up a ton of runs, and that's a scary thought. And both these offenses are above average. So in a park that used to be so pitcher-friendly but is now pretty average, it's a chilly night, but it's always chilly. Then the park kind of just plays pretty neutral still. So given that and these offenses, I don't think under 8 is a play I really like that much. Uh, kind of a stay away from me on that total. That's all of today's games. Recap the A place for you here real quick. I've got the Orioles minus 161 at home against the A's. I've got the Red Sox at minus 177 at home against the Rangers. I've got the Marlins on the run line plus one and a half at minus 150 at the Braves. And I've got the Brewers minus 110 at the Diamondbacks. And that's all I have for you today. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picks with the Professor. Reminder to check out the Google Sheet for model picks, projections, and results. You can find that link and more at the website, www.pickswiththeprofessor.com. If you haven't done so yet, please click the subscribe button to ensure all the sports betting content we provide on this channel is dropped right to your feed. We'll see you tomorrow. And until then, remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.